1: Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As we head into hour two six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty, I was just uh, watching top of the hour news and checking some of the news feeds. I have a friend I uh, usually check in with every morning, uh, really early uh, after I read uh, as much news as I as I usually can before my. Uh, Morning runner, my constitutional with Dagny, and um, we. I just I, I, I usually uh, start the call by saying what do, What do we need to know today? You know, I just want to get what's on. He he's a big consumer of news too, and sometimes you know he'll see things you know that I won't, <clears throat> and um, I just want to get as big a picture as I can as I start thinking about putting the show together, and um, and uh, mm-hmm. he said. Well, it looks like there's this big story of uh a lot of smoke coming into uh a lot of forest fire smoke coming into New York City. I said, Oh please, don't don't let's that is not a story. <laughs> forest fire smoke coming into New York Well, <laughs> I got that one wrong. It is everywhere this story. It's everywhere part of it i have to tell you is anything that happens to new york city is going to be everywhere because that's where uh that's where all the the major networks are headquartered whether it's you know the three the three uh, traditional cbs nbc abc uh, networks or cnn or fox news so part part of it is that uh yes they have bureaus and yes they have corporate headquarters sometimes elsewhere as the case of cnn is in atlanta but they're big their big operation, their big television operation is in, um, is in New York City. So part of it is uh, New York City's always going to make the news. It reminds me, Bill, maybe you can re- help me with this memory. Early on in COVID, Dennis Prager had a construction, do you vaguely recall it, where he said if the COVID situation weren't so much in New York but were in North Carolina— do you think the reaction would be the same thing? And do you think New Yorkers would be asked to shut down because of what's taking place in North Carolina? Is that what he said? It might have been South Carolina, but that was the construction, right? Yeah. New York just gets a bigger vote, don't they? And a bigger say on on matters cultural and newsworthy. Anyway, uh, just for what it's worth. And, of course, we hope no one's harmed by these fires, of course, of course. I just—I blew that one. It is a story. I forgot I forgot the first rule. If it's happening in New York, it's going to dominate the news. Um, I read you at the end of last hour a comment in uh, uh, a short essay in the Wall Street Journal uh, from a, a graduate student at—a um, graduate student at the University of Chicago who was asked to weigh in on his thoughts— they do these college student surveys about once a week on Wednesdays and uh, their thoughts on the corporate boycotts of Bud Light and Target. And you would have thought Bud Light got the message, but they didn't. David, wouldn't you have thought Bud Light would have gotten the message by now? You uh, yeah, w- yeah uh, about $27 uh, billion? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you would have thought they didn't. Despite tumbling sales, this from Fox News Digital, despite fumbling sales and negative press coverage as a result of its partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, Bud Light is reportedly co-sponsoring an all-ages Pride event right here in Flagstaff, Arizona. According to the Flagstaff Pride website, the party which is called Pride in the Pines and includes drag queens and other performers lists Bud Light as one of the com- companies sponsoring the June 17. Event Bud Light is mentioned prominently in one of the posters. The event is listed as a family festival event and family-friendly with safe spaces for all visitors. It's family-friendly to the degree that they can redefine and say what a family is. Their idea of family is not the traditional or our idea of family. And I don't mean traditional in any kind of um Uh, Moral sense, I mean traditional in the dictionary sense. Uh, Family meaning safe for kids and grandkids. That's what family-friendly typically means, safe for children. That's what family-friendly used to mean. But you can redefine in this Humpty Dumpty Through the Looking Glass world any word you want. And we have been on a long tear of redefining words and terms in this country, uh, straight out of uh, George Orwell's guidance from 1984 or his essay on politics in the English language. Um, They came out within a couple of years of each other, both making the same point. And, of course, when you then attach that to the corporate terror we were on throughout 2020— With the Black Lives Matter movement, when the Black Lives Matter education agenda was to, quote unquote, dismantle the Western notion of family, you see how successful they actually were. If you look at some of these uh, drag uh, shows on floats during Pride Month that have taken place in some of the major cities around the country, I I was shocked by... You wouldn't think things shock anymore. They still do. I was shocked by the one in L.A. over the weekend. Maybe some of you saw a video of it. I think I tried to describe it the other day, maybe unsuccessfully. It's hard to describe. But, you know, it was a parade with a series of floats. And and on one of those floats, they had um, what looked like a man you can't really know anymore uh, in a police uh, in In a police outfit um, <sighs> spanking another man who uh didn 't have clothes on while he was bent over um i i 'll just leave it at that that 's probably too much already um repeatedly uh, you know as if as if it was some kind of nineteen forties discipline of uh disciplining of a child and and you you see that and they do this with kids obviously all strewn up and down the parade route and to them that's family friendly i suppose and the curiosity to me is again hard to put into words but the curiosity to me is as we're going through this whole lgbtq plus moment um you you would think that those who have clear claims, serious claims to transgenderism would want to show that it's a real and serious thing and not in fact a burlesque and an excuse just to shock the rest of the country. and and i've and I've kind of you know, I've kind of thought about. There have been a few famous, famous people who were kind of first, first at the bat in this field. Um, Bru- Bru- uh, formerly Bruce Jenner. What's what's Bruce Jenner's name now? Caitlin Jenner. Caitlin Jenner um, is against all this stuff. But you know what dawned on me? It was kind of interesting too. You know who you haven't heard from? Who was even at it before Bruce Jenner was chastity? Bono, now Chaz Bono, you know, was at it about ten or fifteen years before Bruce was really the pioneer on this. And one got the sense that this was a very serious thing for Chastity, as I guess it was for Bruce slash Caitlin. And where 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 are those where is where's Chastity? She she he, or he was the pioneer. Chaz was the pioneer on this. And my sense is they know the difference between the serious rights they wanted to lay claim to for a serious issue in their life versus the burlesque that this movement of crazy has taken over and used for their um for their own, for their for their own jollies and for the, the 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 disruption and confusion of children i just think the silence is is interesting from from, from from some of the folks like that. Anyway, um, related to that is an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal today by Gerald Posner. We've had him on the show three or four times, I think, over different issues he's written about, but also taking on this issue, this Orwellian turn of phrase of gender-affirming care. I want to come back with that When we do come back, um, thank you. We will be right back.
2: Folks thinking about the economy, bank failures, stock market volatility,
1: and possibly a recession coming, not to mention inflation. Why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated. To the stock market or the Fed, any of that—a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it whatever you like, with no loss of principal. If you need your money back at any time, there are no fees in this collateralized and secure portfolio that um, is being offered up by Y Refi. Y Refi is local. And they and I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road and the 101 I have, and I can tell you you will not get a sales pitch, and no one's going to ask you to sign a thing. When you meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I trust them and like them so much, and you will too. A due diligence-approved firm, you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return with Y-Refi. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. No, David, to that song anymore. It was good once. Once. Who was it who said once a philosopher, twice a... Yeah, I won't get into that. Dan is in Cave Creek. Hello, Dan.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Seth, uh, you uh, brought up uh, a thing about... Uh Changing words, yes. And uh, three words come to mind that's been changed. Um, first off, the word "gay" used to mean kind of like giddy, happy. Yes,
1: Don, we and, now are gay yeah. apparel?
3: Yeah, um, you know the the second thing, pride. Well, you used to be able to say, "Well, I'm proud of my children," yeah. and now that means they're they're gay or trans or something. Yeah. And where you can still be proud of your children. Yeah. But the other thing is the word "phobic." Yes, uh, they. It, it used to be well, phobic meant fear of something. Yes, and uh, and now they say, well, you're uh, homophobic, or transphobic, and, uh, or something like that. Yes. Yeah, and but it, yet it doesn't mean fear. It just means you disagree with. Yeah, they turn it into a term of light. hate.
1: A term of hate. It's a pejorative. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah and and uh, but you know you still go back to the as you said the. Uh, Definition in a in a dictionary, and uh, and you know it's not following uh, you know what should be a a real definition.
1: Yeah, Emerson said the uh, the corruption of man follows the corruption of language, and we're in an awful lot of corruption of language these days. How often have you had to do a double take, Dan, when someone used the word uh, transition?
3: Well, you know, or for that matter, partner.
1: When someone talks about their partner, uh, even, that makes you think twice. Uh, It's, um, yeah, it's a a whole number. A whole number has been done on our language. A whole number.
3: Well, but then I ask myself, what comes next? Are they going to be changing the definition of half of the English language?
1: Pretty much we're there. Uh, Pretty much we're almost there. I mean, think about it. Uh, you you, You can change the meaning of almost anything, I suppose, some of this conceptual and some of it is linguistics. Uh, Afghanistan was an extraordinary success. The border is secure. Uh, Vaccines prevent illness and death. Those are conceptual. But now think of the uh, think of the Lewis Carroll uh, slash George Orwell slash uh, Humpty Dumpty uh, conversion of, of 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 words that used to mean their opposite. Speech is violence. We've learned that violence can be mostly peaceful we've learned that peacefully and patriotally pa- excuse me we've learned that peacefully and patriotically marching is uh, insurrection uh, perhaps the biggest one these days uh, gender affirming is really sex changing we use the phrase gender affirming to describe changing sex uh, in the abortion debate you often hear keep your hands off my body, but really what it is is a plea to have clinicians operate in your body, and uh, wanting those hands off the body is putting hands on it. Uh, Ibram Kendi and the new uh, CRT enthusiasts have told us that colorblindness is racism. Uh, they have told us that discrimination uh, can be anti-racism if used against the right or wrong race, depending on how you see it. Um, voter suppression... That means more voters voting, and then, of course, uh, you can play more conceptual games all day long. Build back better means higher gas prices for your car, or I guess food shortages for your babies, or as I would also add, tampon shortages for women or menstruating men, which is a concept no one would have thought possible. Five years ago, George Orwell put it, uh, freedom is sla- War is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. I mean, that's a pretty long list when you think about it. And so when you say, you know, half the language, if not half the language, half of of what makes the world go round. Who was the novelist who said the magic of he and she is what keeps the world spinning? And that magic is uh, has met the sorcerer and the sorcerer's apprentice, hasn't it? Um, that's why you know that's it's it's not as Emerson has said, thinking out loud. It's not just you know the corruption of language leading to the corruption of man. It's a serious point when you think about what is being what what we are being asked to. Change here, what we are asked to do with these neologistic concepts of of um, of the spoken word the idea that man, as we learn from Aristotle, is distinct from animals for two things because of two things the gift the the gift of language and the gift of reason um, you think about once we lose one we lose the other. We lose language, we lose reason, which, by the way, is the key that helps us unlock the door to understanding the natural universe, fact from fiction, truth from lie, right from wrong in the political or sociological sphere. You erase all that, and you can do it any number of ways. You can do it by treating human beings in equally and differently because of things they have nothing to do with. You can change the definition of a human being, born or unborn. You can change the definition of a family. You can change the definition, most importantly, of that thing that we sometimes refer to here as the N-word, nature, when you think about what the root of nature is, generation. When you change the whole concept of the distinction of male and female, that's the only thing that can give you that distinction, that can give you generation and regeneration,
2: and we're killing it. Well, welcome back
1: to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth, and it is a special privilege to uh, introduce the interview uh, of two folks uh, in the studio with me today that I'm about to. Many of you know uh, my general manager, Jim Ryan. He is um, in studio with us because of a special effort we are doing with another very special person and a very special project for a very special nonprofit in town. Stephanie Lang is with us. She is uh, the development manager at the Phoenix Dream Center. You have heard us talking a little bit about it. And, um, Stephanie, as a first-time guest, tell – The audience, as I do with every first time guest, a little bit about yourself, uh, how you came to be doing what you're doing. Then I'm going to have Jim talk about how uh, we are working uh, with you on uh, what the Phoenix Dream Center is all about.
4: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. So I have a background in social work, and so I got my MSW back in 2019, and I always just had such a big heart for nonprofit organizations, and I was working on my own, and then I found the Phoenix Dream Center, who really focused on human trafficking survivors and addiction recovery, and... That was just my whole heart, and I just started volunteering, and then a job opened up, and I applied, and a week later, I was hired on, and so I've been there for about a year and a half now, and it truly is just my dream job. I find so much joy stepping in there every single day. So it really is an honor and a blessing just to represent them and be able to call that place my work.
1: <laughs> well, it's an honor and a blessing to be able to work with you. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the kinds of work that that is. But Jim, how did the Phoenix Dream Center come to your radar screen and tell us a little bit about the project we're doing with them?
2: Well, thanks, Seth, for having me on. I don't come down in, in And and barge in on your show often as much as 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 much as I know you'd like to, since (laughs) you talk about the suits upstairs quite (laughs) often. We have the suits in the house. (laughs) Yes, but 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 I I I came in on this one because this is dear to my heart, and it's um, I'm going to ask your listeners to listen through this. It's sometimes an unpleasant topic to talk about, but it needs to be discussed, and you've heard us talk about it before. This campaign is imperative that we get the results we need, because the people at the Dream Center, Stephanie being one of them, are angels from heaven in the work they do. And I'm going to give you a few stats here real quick. You've heard some of it in the in the promos that I've run on the radio station, but some of you haven't. You know, the average age a child is first trafficked is 13 years old. One out of 100 individuals trafficked is rescued. Only one out of 100 is rescued. Uh, the average lifespan is uh, is seven years, seven years, uh, likely because the rescue rate is so small that they end up not surviving it. Um, there's more than 365,000 missing children in our country each year. 30% of those are missing because they're being trafficked. Um, these are staggering statistics. And when you think about Arizona being a hub of it, it makes you sick that this is in our backyard and we're a leader in it. And so when I went down and visited the Dream Center and Stephanie gave me a tour, I've done it for the last three years, and, and I always go back, I want a new tour, I want to see what's new there, what's developing. And I think the listeners would find it interesting how, Stephanie, you guys took an old hotel riddled with prostitutes and, and, and drug dealing, and you turned it into a refuge of hope and safety and healing. Tell us a little bit about that and the origins of the Dream Center.
4: Yeah, so we started off just like many other Dream Centers. You know, currently there's roughly 300 Dream Centers across the U.S. and internationally. And how each Dream Center is founded is by really just adopting that community. And so for us, we adopted 27th Avenue. And so it's right around the corner from Dream Center. And um, much like any outreaches, it just quickly grew to where we knew the need was so great, we had to have a building. There needed to be additional resources. And so luckily we did find a hotel and we were able to put a bid in, and we had a lot of support from multiple different churches and individual donors um, to where we were able to purchase the building and now we're able to house you know we house roughly two to three hundred residents every single day where we're able to do that number again how much two to three hundred wow. individuals and so that's between our human trafficking recovery program our addiction recovery program um, and then also staff who live on campus um, alumni graduates and so we now have that that restorative place to be able to house all of them you know each of the rooms turn into little apartment buildings Mm -hmm. and you know we have food on campus we have a medical center we have we have a future child care center we're actually in the works of working with a contractor this week and so we have a dental clinic we have an eye clinic we have education centers donation closets all these things that we're able to then provide them with their basic needs that they need so
1: well this was a short segment we'll have a longer one on the other side of this commercial break I, i i would love to be able to communicate to the audience. You know, as Stephanie is speaking about this obviously horrific uh, problem that we're trying to deal with, um, she has a smile on her face when she's describing the kind of work she does. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's communicated uh, visually and uh, factually and physically. We'll talk a little bit more about it and about uh, our relationship with your organization, the Phoenix Dream Center. Stephanie Lang is my guest, and we'll be
2: right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson
1: Show. I am Seth Liebson, and I am joined by Jim Ryan, my general manager, our general manager here at 960 uh, The Patriot, and Stephanie Lang, who's the development manager at the Phoenix Dream Center. More information about everything the Dream Center does and our relationship with them at 960thepatriot.com. Stephanie, if I might... For an audience that's just trying to wrap their heads around what it is that we're talking about here, they hear a lot of different phrases in this realm, trafficking, human trafficking, slavery, sex slavery, child slavery, Mm -hmm. child prostitution. What is trafficking? What is it that the Dream Center undertakes to tackle?
4: Yeah, so the general definition of human trafficking is force, fraud, coercion. So if you can memorize any words, it's that, force, fraud, coercion. A lot of people get it mixed up with smuggling. Mm-hmm. And so I like to say smuggling is when you go from point A to point B. And once you have that relationship, once you get to point B, it's done. They walk away. They go their separate lives. When it's human trafficking, they may get to point B and they say, okay, have a great life. And they say, no, you owe me twenty more. thousand mm-hmm. dollars." And they say, no, I paid you everything I have. Mm -hmm. And they say, "Okay, well, I'll set you up with this job. Mm -hmm. I will put you in a house. I will feed you. And so they're like, "Okay, like I have to pay off this debt. But then while they're staying there, they say, well, I paid for all your food. I pay your rent. So now they have this debt that just keeps increasing and increasing, and they have no way out. And so even when you think about an individual who may be in the life of prostitution, you know, we see it when we drive down the street and we see this young girl and our minds have Immediately say, she's just a prostitute. But you have no idea that this one girl, she could have started out where, when she was a young girl, she was abused. She was sexually abused, taken advantage of. And when something is taken from us, our immediate desire is to take that back. And so she may have entered into the sex world to. Regain that, um, but then along the way, a trafficker came along. She
1: may have entered it not a, not with her own choice at yeah, all.
4: absolutely. You know? And it, yeah, it could have been. A lot of people say, will. "Well, you
1: can't tell them what. Absolutely. Someone's telling them what to do." Yeah,
4: yeah. And so they get taken advantage of. They get manipulated, and then it's no longer a choice anymore. Right. And so then they get stuck in this life. Um, and so what the dream center does is then sees them where they're at, and then helps them bring that restoration.
1: It's indentured servitude and slavery is what it is. Absolutely. It's what our Thirteenth Amendment. Prohibited. Modern
4: day slavery, and so when people say it's not happening anymore, it one hundred percent, and it's happening in all fifty states mm-hmm. as well.
2: And walk us through the example that you were telling me, where the, they'll they'll um, set up a protection element to it.
4: Yeah, so a trafficker could say, you know, you need protection out here. It's it's scary out on these streets, and the girl may be on her own and say, I've been doing this for how long? I don't need any protection, but then that night she gets jumped. That night she gets attacked. So then the trafficker comes the next day and he says, see, I told you, you needed protection. And so in her head, she's like, oh, my gosh, maybe I do. Like, maybe the streets are getting more dangerous. And so they may agree on a set amount, 30%, 40%, um, but then it increases and increases and increases to where now she's getting none of her money. Mm -hmm. And now she's being completely controlled by this individual.
2: And that, that's a good segue into, and what I really want the listeners to understand here is that this is so much more than physical and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. The psychological abuse that these p- these victims go through is so extraordinary and so immense that that's kind of what led you guys to start the Hope Haven Wing, Absolutely. which is what our campaign is raising money for. We're trying to raise $50,000 to f- help finish the Hope Haven Wing um, we 're about halfway there if and if Seth, your listeners are so generous when we when we do campaigns like this, they typically always step up it, we We need another twenty five thousand dollars if twenty five of our listeners right now w- went to nine six of the patriot.com and donated a thousand dollars boom we 'd be there and we 'd hit our goal of fifty thousand. Tell us um, how you came about to to start the Hope Haven wing and the mental health part of this at, at the Dream Center?
4: Yeah, so let's take that same girl who was in the life of prostitution and then a trafficker came along and took advantage of the situation. So she comes to the Dream Center, and in her mind, she chose that life. And so she also chose all the abuse. She chose all the victimization that this trafficker put on her. And so in her brain, she doesn't look at herself as a victim. She looks at herself as I decided to be in this life. And so we get to help her walk through a 90-day process of just helping her decompress, one, all the abuse that she's been through, um, but then helping her recognize that you were taken advantage of. This is not your fault, that this individual um, just really wanted to control her. And so, but also when they come, you know, they deal with a lot of mental health issues, suicide societal thoughts, depression, anxiety, all these things, but they get to go into Hope Haven for these 90 days and really just heal. After those 90 days, they get to kind of, um, their mind is more centered and then they enter into our Hope Wing where they go to classes every day, they can get their education, but Hope Haven is really just that setback to where they can just breathe again. They don't have to worry about um, looking over their shoulder. A lot of them also have night terrors and these these visions of putting them back in that trauma. And so we get to help them in that in the, so like that additional care. So they always have a staff member with them, twenty four hours a day. Um, they also go with them to all doctors' appointments. It's just additional care to help them with that support system. That much
2: deeper they and thorough care. And
4: absolutely. Yeah. And, it's,
1: and, it's, and, and it's a place where they live. I mean, this uh-huh. is not yep. a, this is so not a day program. Yeah, yeah right. it's
4: at the Dream Center. It's right on a, just a separate wing of mm-hmm. part of our general human trafficking
2: recovery and, program. And, I, I, you know, Seth, in being down there, I've met some of these victims. I've seen the rooms. Stephanie t- gave us a tour of the place. This is why I say this is truly the work of angels, what they're doing. Down. These are broken people, and they're repairing them all the way through the process. Yeah. So much so that when they get out of the 90-day you know, stabilization period in the new Hope Haven Wing, then they go into the Hope Wing, which is the traditional part of Dream Center. They get the healing there. And then you get them and, and put them on their feet to get into the, to, to a job and a working environment. Tell us a little bit about Dream Goods, which is a, a different program you have for those that are really apprehensive and have anxiety about taking that step to just get a job at a Walmart or get back in the real world.
4: Yeah. So we have a resident who she was just really apprehensive about getting a job outside of campus um, because she just wasn't ready. And that's OK. And so we do have a warehouse right around the corner from the Dream Center. And it's actually a different program that we have at the Dream Center. It's a working program and it's a warehouse and we build partnerships with other nonprofits, other businesses. Um, but so she decided that because she wasn't ready to get a job at, like you said, Walmart or whatever, um, she applied for a job there. And now she gets a ride to jobs the job with the other team members. And she goes there and she's learning skills like customer service. You know, she's reaching out to businesses. Um, She's working in the warehouse and she's feeling more confident, more um, just aware of the environment around her to where soon she can feel more confident and say, you know what, I think I'm ready. I think I am ready to go somewhere else. But right now she does have this opportunity. And also she's building this community, this camaraderie with her coworkers. um, And then she gets to come back to the dream center of that safety, you know, she gets a ride there. She gets a ride back, and so it's it's still in that bubble a little bit. Um, but she's also learning all these skill sets that she can put on her resume.
1: Stephanie, what's the age range you serve?
4: 18 to like up, so adults. And but we do would, serve children.
1: And what, oh, and if they, so, some of these I assume are mothers with children, and you, you have yep, the holistic Yeah, some of our
4: survivors have. Yeah.
1: You want to do one more uh, quick segment when we come back? Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. We're going to a quick commercial break. Stephanie Lang has been my guest from the Phoenix Dream Center to help uh, in our partnership with them, uh, learn more about them, and support this uh, cause and the uh, new uh, Hope Haven at the Dream Center. Go to 960thepatriot.com. Jim and Stephanie and I will be right back.
2: Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Thank you, Jim Ryan,
1: for doing this with us. And thank you, Stephanie Lang, for not only doing this with us, but doing what you do in the community. Stephanie Lang is with the Phoenix Dream Center, who we've partnered with. Talk, Jim, a little bit, if you don't mind, about uh, the benefit people can, uh, can, can, can enjoy with our station if they help out the Dream Center
2: yeah so like I said, we're about halfway through our goal. Um, you know we can hit it with individual donations if like twenty five listeners stepped up and donated a thousand dollars. But I also do, as you've heard me say many times, set the business benefactor program where i've made it even easier, and if you own a business and have the, uh, the the position to write a check that's larger, I'll give you back the equal amount in advertising on a, either of our radio stations, the, the Christian radio stations or the News Talk 960, The Patriot. Uh, so if you donate $5,000, I'll give you $5,000 in advertising on the radio station for your business that you can air any time between now and the end of the year. Um, and we'll sit down and produce the commercial for free for you. There's no out-of-pocket expense to you. Just make the donation to the Dream Centers by going to the website, 960thepatriot.com. Call me if you have questions on the business benefactor. You can call me at 602 955 9,600. Um, but we can do it with both individual donations and business benefactor.
1: Fantastic. And Stephanie, by the way, I'm sure it's obviously a very secured, obviously a very secured facility, but can people visit it if they want to? Jim had mentioned he got to see it.
4: Yeah, definitely. So it is secured, but we do tours every Tuesday. And so I would encourage you to reach out to Jim. I would love to have anybody come down and I can share more information um, and just about our center, about um, awareness and everything else. So Oh, yeah, we would love to have you come.
1: Uh, one last point as we go, just to put to, to, to put a to put a cap on this. You know, we talk a lot in this country about our history and obviously the history of slavery. But the truth of the matter is, when you look at what is uh, being done with human trafficking, we may very well have more slavery in the world right now than in any other point in our history. Uh, and you see that on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. don't you? You see
0: the wages of that, don't mm-hmm. you, Stephanie?
4: Yeah, th- it's estimated. Every time I look up how many individuals, it's anywhere between 20 to 40 million people who are being trafficked right now. And because it's so hidden. And we have to talk about it. We have to bring awareness. We have to, and Jim, like you said in the very beginning, it's uncomfortable. It's not something that we want to know about, but we have to. These are our children, these are our brothers, our sisters, our mothers who are being affected.
2: We have a responsibility to
1: absolutely, our community.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you for doing it. Really thank you. It's really it's really moving. There's not a lot of interviews that leave me without words. This one this one kind of does. So, Stephanie yeah. Lang from the Phoenix Dream Center. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for You know, putting all of this together with our station and our community and our listenership. Again, 960thepatriot.com is our website if you want to help
2: out. We're in the last week of it, Seth, so it's really a big push here. We've got now through uh, Sunday, and uh, if I have to extend the campaign next week, I'd be willing to do so because it means so much to me, and I think we just have a responsibility to do it. But um, I thank your listeners for the support. Let's get it done. Jim, thank you. Stephanie, thank Thank you. you. I'm Seth, and we'll be right back